What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How's it going? So this week's episode is with a guy called James Jackson, also known in the industry as Jacko. Jacko is a part owner of a company called Listen Up. Uh, Listen Up is PR and radio pro plugin and DJ promo service. Kind of do everything promotional for anyone in any scene, really. But uh, Jacko kind of concentrates on dance music and radio plugin and DJ promo. Uh, I've worked with Jacko for number of years now he's worked a lot of my records and done an amazing job so this conversation was just a little bit about the industry a little bit of what he does and just some kind of stories on what records he's worked on etc etc i really enjoyed this i hope you do james jackson how's it going sir hello mate i'm good how are you you were just like i don't want to comment on you were just saying i don't want to comment on the size of your hair and I must say, yeah, mate, it's pretty fucking big. To be fair, Johnny Bravo is going to be extremely uh, jealous of that. <laughs> Fido Dido, Fido Dido. <laughs> no, what's that? Basically, he was like the lemonade. It was the cartoon that went with. Was it um, Seven Up? I think it was Fido it was like Dido. Fido Dido, mate, check I'm, him out. I'm googling. Yeah, just like massive wavy hair. He didn't have as much grey as me though, which is really starting to notice in the lockdown a lot more than it did. This dude. Fido Dido. Yes. See, I was thinking I was thinking more Johnny Bravo. He's like an animated character for a 7-Up ad. Is it Johnny Bravo? Yeah, this is this is it. (laughs) Oh, that's far worse. (laughs) Can you see it? I'm not as trim as him, mate. Actually, no, I look pretty much the same. Yes, literally. Dude, my grey hair. So I literally never have like any side hair at all. I just always like get it shaved yeah. off. So no yeah, one can ever, likewise. yeah. So no one can ever see my gray hair. And it's the only part of my head that I get gray hair. And now everyone's like, Will, you're looking old. I'm like, damn, it's like, I'm, Mate, I'm, I'm 30 next week. I bet you're week. picking the gray ones out of the beard, aren't you? Or are you dying that now? Nah, I would never die that. I saw a mate. <laughs> I, I'm going to call him out. OC and Verd, Ben from OC and Verd. I saw him do a live yeah. stream the other day and he's dyed his beard again. And his beard is like no. darker than his hair. And I'm like, dude, it's all, it, you can't oh. do this, especially at our age. It's just like. It's I, against the law at our age, mate. Fucking hell. I think the chicks, Sorry. I think the chicks dig it, to be fair. What, the gray hair? Yeah, mm. if you can get out. True. <laughs> anyway, man, how's things? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. It's Friday, busy week. Had a really good week this week. Um, it's been pretty intense, but the last sort of sort of three months has has been all right for us as it goes. It's been pretty good for in terms of you know what we do in terms of radio and streaming. Press is a bit tougher, but you know it's um, we've adapted as we always do yeah. with, with everything. We always adapt and. And move forward, um, change our our model, and change what we do to. So to before work with the current climate. So before we go into like depth and everything like that, let's kind of go back a little bit and be like, what what do you actually do? Um, obviously, um, I'm going to give you a nice little intro, which everyone <laughs> have heard already. But I, I guess it's just, I think your role in the industry, when especially what you like when you first come into the industry um i don't think people have 
uh, or I don't think anyone's really ever heard of radio pluggers or, or anyone's heard of radio no exactly and, and it's only, put a record out <laughs> yeah and, and, and i think it's until you kind of start writing writing bigger records and used to kind of like people were showing more interested and then you're like oh i might need a radio plugger and obviously you've been working on my stuff for a long time um yeah. but like what's what's the whole deal with it all um I think it's it's always been there, but it's always been very much sort of daytime radio. Um, yeah. I, look, essentially, backstory was I was promotions manager at Defected Records for a long time, um, and I left there to join. It was probably about I was there for about eight years. I joined Luke Neville, who's a daytime radio plugger. Yeah, and that was ten years ago now. Um, and at Listen Up, and he at the time was a, a national daytime radio plugger. Um, and then sort of specialist radio became more and more important. And, you know, it's always been there, as, but it was normally sort of the thing that labels did themselves yeah. in-house, which is what I did at Defected. Um, and essentially, I joined him to start really a specialist radio promotion department with, alongside sort of club promo, DJ promo. Um, and, you know, essentially was to, to sort of promote records to specialist radio like we do daytime radio essentially. So relationships with producers, presenters, um, you know, programmers, you know, everyone in a, in a radio world, but on a, on a specialist radio tip essentially, which is obviously your Annie Max, Pete Tongs, Danny Howards. Yeah. Cause I guess being from the UK, we have this insane kind of radio culture that, I don't know if it's anywhere else really in the world. Um, you'll be able to tell me that, but it always feels, it's always felt like from like pirate radio days to even when radio one, it was years ago, but when radio one kind of started playing like electronic dance music and things like that, where years ago obviously didn't. And I just feel like a lot of our, our, electronic music culture comes from radio and like it has this huge importance in uh, in the culture of dance music compared to let's say for instance america i know there's some amazing shows in america but i just don't feel it's as big of a culture as it is here like from for, think, for me i think we we are we represent underground radio underground music yeah. a lot better on a radio level um i think you know obviously over the years platforms like soundcloud and what have you have have made sort of unknown artists much more discoverable yeah yeah but i think the next level to that is what we do with specialist radio and i in the uk i mean you know your rinse fms nts's and you know even down you know even like stations like worldwide and soho radio are you know yeah they all have their place in in breaking presenters and 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 music you know and they all have their scenes and and i think we've always had that from pirate radio back in the day and it's i yeah, I don't think it is. I don't think it is as big as anywhere else in the world. I, I mean, we we work globally. You know, there's obviously special Pete Tongs and Annie Max in every territory. Yeah. Um, but I don't see the sort of pirate radio, community radio, regional radio that to the levels that we have. Um, largely, a lot of those they they obviously have those small networks, but they're normal. They're they're like just sort of more like talk radio and and you know top 40 radio rather than actual specialist genres or specialist sort of niche sounds essentially yeah totally because i i obviously being in 
in America and watching a lot of like the old documentaries, I think radio in America was ma- mostly hip hop. Um, yeah. I can't remember the radio station um, in New York. Is it Hot 94? Hot 94, yeah. I think yeah, it's Hot I mean, 94. And yeah. who, I can't remember the guy's name. This is, I should have done some research before this, but there was a, there was a DJ that was kind of known for like, he kind of was going through like the Africa Bombata stage. I can't yeah. remember that. Um, but I, it feels like it's kind of lost. And now to break radio in America is like, it costs you a sh- shitload of money. And it's tough. We dabbled with it for a little bit. It's tough. It's because there is, there's a dance, you know, there's, there's dance radio essentially in the US, which yeah. is essentially sort of 12 panel stations and they all sort of, decide whether they give your record rotation and based on the amount of rotation and airplay that you're getting, it goes up the dance airplay chart. And then maybe if it hits number one, it has an opportunity to go towards top 40, which may basically takes you to the bottom of the tree and you start all over again. Yeah. Uh, But obviously that's on a much broader level, top 40, but yeah, it's tough there. I mean, I think channels like Sirius XM and, you know, KCRW in LA and um, you know, those guys, you know, Tim Sweeney in New York, you know, those guys have all, They've all been sort of champions of more underground stuff. Uh, I think, you know, the, the move, movement of Diplo into um, onto Siri XM, XM to give him a channel was a really good move. Yeah. Um, his, his platform is quite broad in sound. You know, he, he likes everything from sort of deep techno to, to, you know, to the more noisier sort of EDM side, side of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think... It's there. It's just not as broad. And I think it's take. I think I think it was Tongi that said it a few years ago that when we were in that sort of EDM boom, that was the equivalent of us being in the nineties at yeah. the beginning of the nineties totally. in in terms of our dance scene. And yeah. they were they're almost twenty years behind us in terms of a dance scene there. And it was only really the EDM boom that sort of changed that. And I think over time the the, the, the channels there and the, and the stations there have evolved like they're never going to kind of catch up with us we're always going to be sort of ahead in not saying they're not doing a good job but it's more we've been around a lot longer doing it in the uk than than anyone else i think also having like the bbc is something so lucky to have as like the the british public and i guess anyone can listen to it now with like the bbc sounds app and things like that but to be able to have a radio station that isn't filled with adverts and that is it's they they work purely on their demograph if you know what i mean they're purely aiming to get yeah. a, a certain age group on their different stations and i think that's yeah. kind of something that's that, their only agenda yeah. so they, they represent everything exactly across that there is no there's no music based on you know marketing and, and adverts yeah. and what have you and they, they they earn their money from the, the licensed players and 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 they don't have that agenda essentially to to have to cater for anyone specific well they're also not allowed are they then they're no, not no, allowed because they, they have to sort of represent they have to represent the uk really as a as a music scene and whether that's jack saunders doing his indie show um to you know annie doing her show to pete doing his you know playing techno on a friday night yeah Do you... i took the martinez brothers in actually to radio one and they uh, to see pete as it goes to do an interview with them not long ago um sort of just before christmas and and they were blown away by the actual sound that was being played on air on radio on a friday night in the uk nationally like they just couldn't get their head around it It, for them it was just like a totally new environment it is amazing 
Yeah, it is. It, it really is because because uh, obviously, like as you know, I live in Detroit, and when I'm in Detroit, I very rarely listen to radio. Um, it's just yeah. not something that I would do, and it's just cause, it's not because there's anything that I want to listen to. But Friday night comes on in the UK, and it's like seven o'clock or even six o'clock yeah. now. It's like let's listen to radio, and you're listening to radio for as long as you possibly can, which I think just kind of gives a it's not like there's any other choices because a lot of the other stations do exactly the same as well. It's yeah. just kind of part of the British culture, which is absolutely amazing. And I think you, I think, you know, like I have such a broad taste in music and I think that's purely down to radio. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up on like Don FM and Kiss FM yeah. and, you know, whatever pirate radio my ghetto blaster could tune into <laughs> essentially from with a big coat hanging around, hanging out the top of it. Um, which gave me such a broad taste in music. I mean, the kids in the office will, will rinse me all the time because unless it's got a 4-4 beat, I'm not into it. But um, it's not strictly true. But, um, <laughs> but uh, it is kind of, you know, like that's I, I, everything from drum and bass to garage to, to to dubstep. And I went through a dubstep phase of really liking it. You know, we worked a lot of dubstep. And, um, you know, grime now is, is gets a lot of big rinsing in our office yeah. when we're in the office. Um but I think, and, 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 you know, pirate radio and UK radio does represent such a broad sound. And, you know, even Radio 1 with one extra and six music either side of it, you know, I think um, you get such a, a broad spectrum of, of music that, and there's no adverts. So, you and, and, norm, and I, th I would go as far as say most of, you know, nearly all of the broadcasters in terms of specialist radio are broadcasters. You know, they want to bring you sort of a broad spectrum of what they're into yeah. and they're you know, trying to get people involved in, in music and, and they do that really well with their events as well. So who, so, uh, so who, who, if you were like, just could choose anyone on radio to like, just listen to, and it would be your like go to. And I know, I know I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to be like, this is my favorite, but like yeah, yeah. generally like vibe if, cause I like for me, if like, don't get me wrong, I love Pete, Annie and all of those guys, they're the best. But for me, I I was when I used to when I was younger I used to work in a fish and chip shop okay and I'd listen to Zane Lowe every Friday every every night literally yeah, yeah. every Monday to Thursday seven till nine or something like that and I discovered so much music from him and he was he was a great broadcaster yeah. very very broad in sound very broad in you know in what he he wanted the audience to listen to you yeah know? He, he and he was he could wax lyrical like i've never heard anyone wax lyrical you know yeah, he was insane he and... just would talk about music in a totally different way to anybody else i think i mean tongi's tongi for me is the one that i grew up with most yeah. i think i think he's he's his you know his history in in broadcasting is like unbelievable and i think you know he was a pioneer of dance music in the yeah. uk he, he was Still the is. original pioneer and, I, and and for me today that I mean, look, I listen to most of the, the Radio 1 specialist shows every week. Yeah. Um, well, my go-to every every Monday morning, if not live, yeah. is, is, is Tongi, you know. Tongi. And I think just because he's always done a very broad sound in what he does, he's always been very sort of, um, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to cater to a wide dance yeah. audience, not just, you know, playing techno. Because, you know, if you hear him play out, he's a techno guy, you know. Yeah. He's, he's um, probably more now a bit more melodic, but but his show represents global dance music. And I think that is, that's, that's why it's so appealing. But, you know, I love Benji B. Benji B is a great listen. Um, He's amazing. I, I obviously have 
I know of Benji B and I know what he's done, but I've never really like taken time to listen to him. Yeah. And I listened to one of his streams the other day, which was pretty much just his radio show um, that yeah. he was just recording. And it was, it kind of reminded me of Zane Lowe, but smoother, like yeah. less in your face, very eclectic. Yeah, very eclectic, but in a, in a different way. You know, because Zane would play a, a, a Cyrus D or a totally. Pryder record, yeah, but yeah. he'd also play an indie record yeah. or a drum and bass record, or um, you know. And I think had he been on air in the in the grime era, I think he'd have probably hammered a Definitely. lot of grime as well. Yeah. Um, you know, he used to love Dizzy and all those yeah. guys. You know, and and I think yeah, and Benji does exactly the same. I think, but in a, just a different way. And I think that's the beauty of those shows is they kind of have their own. You know, I still love to listen to Giles. Giles Peterson for me is yeah. the most calming listen. Like if you if you need a calm Wednesday afternoon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the soothing tones of of Giles Peterson. And you know he's he's awesome. Uh, but I think all those shows are brilliant in their own right. In their totally. own right, yeah. You know, if in in their own, I think, and that's kind of what they try to achieve. I think uh, at, at Radio One. But then I think a lot of other stations do the same as well. You listen to Worldwide FM; it's it's so left, but yeah. it's it's brilliant. You know, it's um, it's educating. Yeah, no, I totally. What, and, uh, and I think that when the whole streaming sort of platform, you know, particularly Spotify and, and Apple Music, sort of came into play, um, there was an element of shit. Is this going to kill radio? Mm, and I yeah. think especially when Beats came in with Beats 1, I think it, it, it actually changed it. Everyone sort of changed their minds again and went, actually, no, we still need radio. But yeah. the fact that Apple Music needed a radio station to be able to connect the dots between their platforms to, and they invest heavily in that. Insanely. You know? um, um, and, I, I, you know, it, it, it makes total sense. And I think, you know, still now, I don't, you know, we wouldn't have a scene without radio. And I think it's weird. It's weird because there's only there's not many people that do what we do yeah, yeah. As, as a job as well. Um, you know, labels obviously have their in-house pluggers and they do amazing jobs at what they do and they and run their artists. We just do dance music and that's it, really. Yeah, because obviously, like with with Corona being around, I think I was talking to Jam like at the beginning of all of this, and he was saying how much like radio has kind of been part of the community and i spoke to charlie t on the podcast as well and yeah. she was saying exactly the same how like it's kind of the one time where everyone can just listen at the same time and everyone's listening to the same thing and everyone can kind of respond and just be part of something when they can't be part of anything together yeah there were some crazy stats at the beginning that like in the first sort of three or four weeks obviously it was a bit panic stations for everybody everybody in music sort of panicked a yeah. little bit and was just like, fuck, you know, <laughs> DJs can tour. Would there be radio, normal radio shows? Could presenters go in and do shows? Is the streaming platform going to be able to manage to put out records? Are the labels going to be able to put out? And I think there was a, there was a mad stat um, that was like something like radio went up 12% in listenership across the country. Which is amazing. And strangely, the streaming platforms and dance music particularly dropped off like 20%. And yeah. I think, it showed that, you know, you need that connection, especially if you're locked in at home on your own. It's, you need that sort of connection with someone. Um, yeah, it's just it's hearing that voice as well, isn't it? And yeah, it's, it's just it being part of something. Um, yeah, no, exactly. And it is community vibes. What's your, so what's your thoughts on the whole streaming vibe, um, just generally? Um, I think um, I think in the early days, I was a little bit pessimistic about it. I thought... 
you know, no one was really making any money off it. Yeah. Um, I went through the era at Defected when it went from vinyl and CD sales to convert to uh, being a dance label, going into the Beatport and track source days. Yeah. And so where where you went from making four or five quid on a vinyl to making 75p on a download and like people were sharing file sharing all over the world and yeah and there was a real bad dip in 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 you know the, the defective model had to be reshaped and redesigned just to be able to to work in that market yeah and then you know they sort of settled and you know downloads we were still making even if it was on itunes it was still you were still making decent download money and then the streaming thing came in and it i think soundcloud messed with it for quite a bit and then, and then Spotify came about, and obviously there was obviously, obviously other platforms before that, but Spotify, we kind of felt like it was the big sort of big one. Mm. And um, I think, yeah, I was very pessimistic, but over time, I think it's become, it's become, you know, necessary. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, it's the Netflix of films and it changes the landscape and it changes how people make money and it changes how people's, fo- what people's focuses are in terms of putting out music. But the reality is artists are starting to make money from it. And I think, yeah. you know, you look at the download stores where you could file share, you get kids like downloading a record of Beatport and then sharing it across the internet yeah, yeah. for no apparent reason. Yeah, other than- you used to be able to download the Beatport top 100 like every day, yeah. like yeah, somebody would just easily. upload it all. And-, and I think that in itself, if you know, the, I don't know what the exact Beatport numbers are now, but I imagine they're quite down in terms of, um, because kids that were going and downloading dance music on Beatport can now go and listen to anything on Spotify. Yeah. Um, and I think, and you can listen to it as many times as you want. It doesn't clog up your hard drive. You can yeah. have it on your iPad, your whatever. And I think, you know, it works. And I think dance music is for specifically for, for that platform has evolved to fit into that model. And I think now, you know, you know, we work with everyone from like Kolsch, for example, is a really good example of a real underground act on, yeah. on Compact. You know, their priority is, is now is is about as much about selling vinyl as it is about selling, doing streams yeah. and focusing on everything comes out on the same day. Nothing cannibalizes streaming because, you know, you can make you can make money out of that now. And, you can, and, and yeah. it's stabilized to that sense. I think initially, obviously, there was there was a lot of rumors and a lot of talk about artists not getting paid but i think i think now you can make money out of it yeah no i totally agree i think i think you're 100 percent right with how it it's interesting how an algorithm of spotify has kind of changed the whole industry where people don't necessarily want to listen to a nine minute record so what you do is you you create an edit and create the edit into three minutes three minutes 30 and it completely changes what dance music is about but yeah it also it also allows millions of more people that would probably never hear it um like let's say for instance with like hallelujah it's it's on like a a, one of spotify's like biggest workout playlists yeah and like let's be honest and this is no disrespect to people listening to that playlist i know loads of people that listen to that playlist but the likelihood of them going Oh, let's listen to some Will Clark because they just would never have heard of me. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think with the Spotify and the Apple playlists, um, they they do put your music into so many different people's hands, which which radio does as well. 
And I think having radio and Spotify now or and Apple Music or any of the streaming platforms, really, it's it's kind of just broadened dance music to more of a, I don't want to say commercial, well, mass, mass but, market. but it is a mass market. It's like, yeah. can you, like, I'm sure back in the day, if you sold four, if you sold 4,000 vinyl, you're laughing. Yeah. Like you are proper laughing. If you do 4,000 streams, you're not happy at all. <laughs> if you know what I mean. No, exactly. No, no. Agreed. Agreed. But then you, you know, you buy a vinyl and you listen to it 20 times, you know, or whatever. I think, I think it, it, it does make it broader. And I think to be honest, you know, you said about the edit and stuff, because a lot of people, I know that a lot of people don't like doing that bit, that Spotify edit or, you know, especially when you make a record, you make it for a club, for yeah. a club landscape. Um, but if you listen to, if you want to listen to a record on radio, you know, you get more of a shot with a radio edit on radio than you do totally uh, an extended seven minute version. And even if, even if you don't have an edit, someone's going to crop it down to an edit. And it's going to be awful. Yeah. That's the so thing. You, you're, you're better off, you know, um, programming a record yourself and make, and editing it yourself and, and making it sound like a tight three minute version than you are. Um, just leaving someone else to do it to their own devices. No, I totally agree. So what's like the proudest records you've worked on? Because I, uh, I like we've we've only been working for like four or five years, maybe. Yeah, I don't think that much. So like, I know you've done some amazing stuff, but I, we don't really ever talk about what you're actually working on. So like, what's what would you say that's like put Jacko on the map? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really think anything's put me on the map. I just sort of sit in the wings and just sort of keep going. throw records at people. <laughs> um, I think, like, you know, it's hard to sort of pinpoint one record. Um, I think stuff like the early MK stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I think mainly it's it's the proud moments when you get a record from going from being a club record, which is a specialist record that there's no expectation on. Yeah. And taking that from there to all the way to an A-list at Radio 1. Yeah, that must be amazing. Um, and, you know, and that's not me on my own. That's my whole team who are all incredible um, at what they do. Um, but being involved in every single one of those records, you know, like we actually, to be honest, we've had a few of those recently, the Hosh record recently. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, Hosh is signed to Dynamic. He's, you know, he's done, I think Dynamic's actually part of, partly his. You know, he's a very underground techno artist. Um, he used took a really great vocal and, and turned it into something really strong. Um, and, um, you know, that we took that from a hottest record to with Annie to all the way to, um, to 11 weeks on the playlist at radio one daytime yeah. and kiss and Ka even capital at capital FM added it. That's mad. You know, and it, it didn't, it didn't really ever go mad past the top 40, but it, it's such an underground record. Um, that and it, it went the whole way, you know. It went yeah. the whole way, and that and that those sorts of records, you know. And we do a lot of those, but I think they're they're very hard. They're very hard to come by and very hard to deliver. And like they're, they're the ones that sort of that, are, that I'm proud of. Um, and you know, you know, if Frankie War is another one of late. You know, he's super talented, super nice guy. Um, you know, we the, the Come Together record became sort of Annie's. Uh, you know, tune of the lockdown, unofficial yeah, tune yeah. of the lockdown, you know, and that was, that was a hottest record sort of six weeks ago. And that went on playlist yesterday on Tuesday. Oh, I did it. That's amazing. Yeah, on, went on the C list at Radio One and, you know, obviously she's championed it hugely. Um, 
the label that it comes on is ministry is, is an incredible label. Very good at what they do. And was it initially records. signed to ministry? Yeah, he's signed to ministry license? as an artist. Okay. Initially it was a track to come out to highlight, um, uh, a mixtape that he'd done, which was 16 tracks, all of his own originals yeah. or remixes of stuff as well. Uh, but all Frankie Wah singles, and essentially it was, you know, a specialist record, like let's, let's go as, let's, you know, let's get it as, you know, do as good a job as we can on it. Um, and you know, it reacted, it got, you know, it got play after play after play. I think we had 35 plays in the first four weeks on the BBC, which That's is amazing. again, not, not very, very easy to come by. Um, and you know, it went on playlist this week and it's a huge achievement and he's, He's such a nice, humble guy. Um, and he's, you know, he's over the moon. For him, it's just like he's a dream for him. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we'll see how far we can take that. But they're, the, they're the definitely the achievements for sure. Like those, those ones that are unexpected and, and you can take them all the way. Yeah, because I, I guess it's the one thing. Well, I, don't, I, can, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of my mates and myself in the, like, produce, we don't ever go in the studio and be like, this is going to be alias radio one. Like we don't, we don't ever think that. And I think even with like, you take me higher and even hallelujah to a certain extent where like, I didn't ever expect them to, to get what they got, but I guess it's just a good plug. I reckon. (laughs) I reckon so. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of like, I, but then again, it, it goes back to that British culture of, dance music like it's we're we're brought up with it there's like i can remember there's on countless occasions in the top 10 there's just dance records and yeah don't get me wrong they might not be the most underground dance records but they're still four four and they're still a yeah. dance record i mean we we had a number one recently with the Immenbeck remix of uh saint john yeah um and you know that's the first number one we've had in i i, I think I can't actually remember the last number one we had in honesty because to get a dance record that far, you're competing with, you know, we went up against the weekend and Doja <laughs> cat was in there who we do as well. And you're going up against these, I think Drake dropped his album at the same time. And, you know, you're going up against these major global yeah. superstars, you know, so John is a big star in himself, but he's quite niche. Um, and Imabek is an unheard of kid from Russia, you know, yeah, and like, yeah. he just did a sick remix. It sounded right. It worked. And, the label worked it brilliantly and it went to number one and it's that in itself is a huge huge achievement because dance records don't get that high anymore no because they're up against and that takes it back to streaming as well i suppose because you know your streamers you know you following your 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 superstars like the weekend or whoever whether it be drake or whoever they can hit num they can hit top tens in in day one yeah off the off the back of their streaming yeah, followers yeah. um you know you know, I think there was a time where Getter was very similar because his social media numbers were so high yeah. that if he put a record out, all he had to do was post it on his social media and it was, Done. you know, he was in the chart that week. Yeah. Um, so I think, those, you know, those those sorts of things, are, you know, that, I think that's that's one of the proudest ones of this year, actually, for me. That's sure. cool. Back in back records. So do you think getting radio, getting like a number one or top five or something like that, can be kind of a negative to a certain extent as as an underground artist um i don't think so i mean some people's some people see it as that i think you know you look at acts that you know super credible acts like route 94 or 
Second City that have had massive hits. Yeah. Um, but you know, and obviously their auto, their automatic reaction is to go, "Well, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be that." That's <laughs> it. It was just a one-off. Yeah. Um, even Hoss will probably do the same. I think he'll go and put like sort of ten techno EPs out. Yeah. After this, you know, because you know it, they're essentially they're freak records. You know, yeah. they're they're just records that connected at the time, and so you know, like Root and. Um, and Second City, you know, those guys, guys that have had those sorts of records have gone the other way and just gone and put techno out and played techno events for the last, you know, since those records were out. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. It made them the big name that they are. And, you know, because without those records, they wouldn't have got them there. They wouldn't have got to that, be able to go and do those gigs and do those profile things. It's just how you handle it in the post, the post of it, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's, as long as you're not putting so much pressure on yourself trying to do that again yeah it's harder to do that yeah and it's worse to do that i think but i I also think there's i think there's a perception of the public where they want you to do that again and i think i i to be fair also my views is like if you can write good records and fuck it why not if you know what i mean um but again it's it's when that's when it's a freak record i think it's Let's like let's say for instance like the Camel Fat Boys, if you know what I mean. I was talking to them the other day and they I like they've never tried to get in the top forty. But no. they they do have to. I imagine there's an element of pressure now. <laughs> yeah, major record labels. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Major record <laughs> labels getting involved. I, I'm I think if you go to the right place, it's 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 um, it's the it's, if it's the right move for you, it's the right move for you and, and the record and the projects. I think you know there's some brilliant dance ARs out there that work yeah. in major labels. I think you know I manage Kaz James. Um, we've just announcing today actually we've just done a deal with Pete Tong for his new three six zero label, yeah. which which comes out via Sony. Yeah, you know Tong is a legend, so I mean it's it's a bit of a no brainer there for me. Yeah, but there's yeah. some. Uh, there are a lot of other, you know, big good dance A&Rs out there, and I think if the project's right, and that's what, and that's what you want, and that's what you want to achieve, then go do that. If you want to go and put minimal techno out, go and, go and put it out on an underground label. Yeah. But if you want to sort of, if you want to be propelled into more of a commercial world and a more of a, a broader world outside of the underground, then if it works for you, go and do it. I think that's, I think it's, I, I, and you know, major labels bring a lot to the table massive amounts they they invest in their artists they invest in every angle you know there's massive teams behind every record you know and 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 they get results you know you only have to look at labels like positiva and and ministry and um, ffr yeah you know you know those uh, yeah andy at ffr is you know um oh, and i really well you know there's a lot of labels out there and a lot of um that do good jobs and run know how to put out, put away a dance record. Yeah. Just because they're in a major doesn't, doesn't mean too much to me. I think, I think it can only be a good thing for the scene because they're injecting cash into a scene where there's at the moment, there's no live. Totally. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, they, they have such big, such big pull on power in the Apple music, the Spotify's, the radios and things like that, just because they have so many big records. If little old, me went over to a major and kind of that they're, they're going to be injecting so much time and effort into that because they don't want it to fail they can't mm. afford they can't afford no. records to fail and if a record fails it looks bad on them it doesn't look bad on the artists 
at all. It looks bad on them. And, uh, exactly. And I think, you know, when they invest in advances, you know, they, you know, if they invest in an advance in you, the more invested they are in the record, the more they get behind it. Mm. I think, you know, look, there's nothing wrong with someone like Defected putting away a record, you know, or someone, you know, a, a smaller independent getting a record all the way. That's fine. But I think they do it on a, a more of a grassroots gorilla sort of, yeah. you know, gorilla promo type vibes, yeah, really. Yeah. Whereas with the major label, you have that, you have that, that that infrastructure to be able to deliver a record not easier but certainly with a, a stronger backing yeah i think the one thing you don't get with majors is the probably i don't necessarily know the, the right word for it but the culture of the brand if that makes sense let's say yeah. for instance like your drum codes yeah um i'm really bad at naming record labels off the top I mean, of my head but like you, you like with with you get a real following with with the kind of more grassroots independent labels that they they yeah. have true fans where well, i think a lot of people with a lot of with majors you have like xl let's say for instance xl yeah. is probably one of my favorite record labels in the world yeah agreed. and what they've done is insane and they, they they're at the point let's say ninja tune as well like although ninjas and indie it's still ten. I would still kind of class it more as a major because just because of what they've achieved. Um, yeah. But I don't. I I don't think there's many majors that have that real following nowadays than what like. No, I don't think people follow. I mean, yeah. I mean, XL was a subsidiary like FFR or, yeah. or Ministry of Sound or Positiva, etc. Yeah. Positiva. You know, they're a subsidiary of a major, like a dance arm of a major yeah. label. Uh, but then I don't think there was ever really a massive Positiva fan base. No, um, I think it was I just think, with DJs, think, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, and I think independents create a community. It's like a community sort of totally. vibe. Yeah, um, you know, they have a community and they have a following, and they, you know, there's usually a, a figurehead at the front of that, whether that's you know Jamie Jones at Art Creations yeah. or or Dunmore at the head of Defected or you know whoever. And they follow that and they follow their tastes. Yeah. Uh, um, and, they, and and discover music outside of that because of that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't think, you know, I think that the major label structure is different. You know, they sign records to, to be big. Totally. Um, the, the target is different. It's a business. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, um, independents do the same thing. They just do it on a different scale maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think it kind of comes down to majors it's it's a huge business for them yeah rather than an independent it's still a massive business for them but the amount of money they're putting into a record isn't necessarily going to affect them if the record doesn't do well no, it's market share isn't it it's, yeah it's you know and and it depends on the it depends i think it, again it depends and varies on the project if it's a you know if they have a strong relief in a record i think a good example of that was was Depeche at ministry you know and the Immenbeck remix of saint john was like you know we think this is massive yeah. we're going to get behind this we didn't even start working at a radio until it had been out for two months because the strategy was let's go out let it do let it do its thing yeah yeah um let it do its thing let it build some numbers let it do its thing we'll come back in January and we'll start in January with a, with a plot, um, which an independent can't afford to do. You know, they can't no. afford to not get behind the record from the off because they need it to work straight away. Cause the, it, you know, 
their obviously their margins are a lot shorter and a lot smaller. Um, so they can take more risks as a major label. That's I think that is and but in the same sense that went on because of that strategy, it went on to be a number one record, you know. Yeah. And that's, I think I think um, I think also with nowadays with streaming, I think late growers to the like late records get can get picked up late or if you know what I mean and it can eventually turn into a bigger record than what you thought it would just through streaming um but I guess is that often like would you say you worked any like the one I can think of is the one I can think of right now off the top of my head is like MK Storm Queen like Mm -hmm. The original came out and did nothing. And then, like, I think it was well, like an it edit. It wasn't even Storm Cream was the act. Yeah. And MK uh, and Look, Look, right, Look through right Through yeah, was the record. And it was right at the end of my sort of time at Defected. And I, I just, I, in fact, I left as that, as the original came Lord. out. So I worked the original and then I left. And then I believe, um, then the whole remix package got put together and the MK dub three or whatever it was ended up being huge the version. Yeah. And it was, everyone thought it was MK storm queen. And yeah. it was like, <laughs> and, and it was, it was a whole big kerfuffle, but yeah, ministry as part ministry of sound. Well, I think, I don't even think they were part of Sony then. No, they were by themselves. I think defected upstream to ministry because they were doing their thing. And yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it does. It does. It still does happen. You know, you know, major labels are still looking to sign records. I think um, I'm trying to think of a, a, a recent one. Uh, Patrick Topping um, T- was one of the ones, okay. that, but they turned the deal, they turned offers down. They didn't want to go to that major label route. Yeah, you know that that was getting trying to get picked up. I think um, I'm trying to think what else was Oliver Dollar. Uh, was another one which had just doing its own thing and then funny enough doing your own thing <laughs> that was a great record yeah and a... then i think that got picked up by that was picked up by the affected and then upstreamed again from what i remember uh i might be wrong on that but there there have been those this and there still are and i think you know like ibiza can be a, be a, be a big massive in sorts of things yeah. um because you know that big sort of summer summer records yeah it might be on a hot creations or a smaller label and um and they go on to do great things um, and, and be, be picked up by major labels. I think Positiva built their catalogue out of that back in the day. 100%. I, I never forget like living in Ibiza and every year there'd be one record. Yeah. Like the last, the last time I was in, I was yeah, living. It's still to this day, except for this year. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's as powerful as it used to be. I don't know if it's, there's generally one, like I remember the last, time i was living there it was man with the red face the remake that yeah. mark knight and, funk, knight did, and yeah. funk agenda did and that yeah. was like you could you could guarantee you'd hear that in most dj sets all around the island song was. i don't know i i, I maybe uh, just because i'm not on the ground i'm not really noticing it much rebukes rebuke rebuke along came polly was huge along came polly yeah that was big i'm trying to think there was there was a few last year i'm just trying to oh Fucking hell. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you can Roberto swear. Sirachi, Joyce. I don't know that record. What? Yeah, I don't. I've got to pull it up now. Uh, that was huge last year. And there was like a massive bidding war that defected sort of one in the end. Oh, yeah. I do. Uh, uh, yeah. 
That was a lovely. Uh, that was last year's. I mean, I think that went for like two hundred and fifty grand or something in the end. <laughs> yeah, and that was ju- and that was off the heat of that. If you have a look, was purely off of Marco Carola playing at Amnesia yeah. right at the beginning of the summer. And well, I think it was Amnesia. It might have been somewhere else. But anyway, Marco Carola playing it, and the, the video went viral. And um, what's the original um, sample? It was oh god, I think it's the OJ's. Google it. I think it's the OJ's. Um, if I've got that, if I've nailed that, that is impressive. Because I couldn't even remember the record. I, I'm, I'm doing this, Robert. Roberto Sirachi. Sirachi. Dun, dun. Uh, Joyce. Uh, Finest by the SOS band. Oh, SOS band, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. SOS, Go yeah. On. Yeah, it's um, um it's I I never forget the like how powerful Ibiza was with tunes of the summer. It was Yeah, it, and it still it's, is. It's, it yeah. Still is. It's it's amazing. Well, Such a shame. Well, I think that's great though. I think, you know, it's just, it is a shame that this year is just, you know. I just literally before literally two minutes before this before you called me, I, my fucking, I spoke to Luke this morning um, and we were like, shit, we've still got, we've got Radio One of Beef is still booked. Maybe we can still go. It was, which is like the 29th of July. And we booked to go on the Wednesday to go to, to go to Paradise and then go through to the Sunday and then yeah. come back. Uh, we were like, yeah, do you know what? We still might be able to go. And literally before I got on this call with you, I got an email from BA saying your flight's been cancelled. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, that's shutting. the worst. My, yeah. in fact, to be fair, my parents are supposed to be going out there like mid July, and yeah. they haven't had their flights cancelled yet. But I think as of the first of June, Spain is stopping the quarantine. Yeah. So you might still be able to go. But well, they've cancelled my outbound flight. They haven't cancelled my return, which is even more <laughs> annoying. I don't know how true any of this is but i'm pretty sure a lot of the brands have just like stopped doing parties i think it's just all local stuff oh uh, from yeah i mean I, i've had conversations because kaz had quite a few bookings lined up for the summer um and he was supposed to do opening of high he was supposed to do um a number of he had a few high shows with black coffee and yeah. what have you sort of lined up um and um from what I can tell, I don't yeah. think it's going to be happening this year. Um, I think the island will be open and the yeah, restaurants yeah. and the bars and what have you, which might be a perfect time to go to Ibiza. Um, <laughs> well, you can chill out. Is, <laughs> well, it's, well, yeah, you can still have a bit of fun, but you, you do it during the day and by the beach bars and, yeah. and instead of like what we've, you know, what it's become now, which is, you know, tables in clubs. Um, but I think, you know, I still love the place and it's, yeah, I mean, I was supposed to. I've already missed two trips there this year um, because of this That's lockdown. Rough. So, I'm, yeah, it's pretty rough. I, I'm thinking and Miami and two trips to Ibiza. <sighs> Tell me about it. Mykonos opening was supposed to be this weekend. Is um, does Mykonos have a scene? Yeah, I've, mate, it's wicked. Is it mental? Yeah, it's wicked. I've Paz never been there. Uh, Scorpio is there, which is just unbelievable. It's like yeah. five thousand people on the beach. Damn. Yeah, it's insane. It's really good. And they do have a very good scene there. It's really good, actually. It's just a bit punchy there. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's quite punchy. But no more. Is it just full of Brits? 
Um, Brits, German, uh, Australian, funnily enough. Um, but it's it's it's, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think yeah, I, I think I actually have played there. I think I played with amazing. Mark like years ago. Right. Um, in some like white, it was like this club that was like out half outside, half inside. Yeah, like I mean, white. most well, that's the thing now. Most of most apart from one club in the town, most of the venues are outdoors, which are just like yeah. wicked. What's your thoughts on the whole like UK scene with how majority of everything has just gone to like massive warehouses? Yeah, I, I'm I'm very much a heads down. Mm. grotty club guy yeah. the last club i went to before lockdown was Berghain. so um, <laughs> grotty um to another level. i went over there with scuba and and his manager scott and um but yeah um it's yeah i'm yeah i'm more of a club guy that's my thing anyway i think i'm not i'm not a big sort of warehouse rave type i'm not even a big festival goer to be yeah. honest with you i'm very much a heads down club guy what do you think it, on how it kind of how it grows a culture though? Because I, I don't I think personally for me, like even in Bristol, let's say for instance, as much as I love motion and I love all the guys that run it, a lot of the the small venues have just like kind of had to close down. Um, and I wouldn't say that's because of motion. I'd say that's because of just how the culture is evolving to like people want to go and spend. The culture is is changing to selling tickets. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's what it's become. Um, and shifting tickets and you know first phase is sold out, second phase is sold out, third phase now your tickets are going to cost you 170 quid. And yeah. I think sometimes. I, I kind of feel like it's lost that element of rocking up to a grotty little after party yeah. and that. But that said, the scene has become much more broader in the sense, and that goes back to what we're talking about with radio, broadening its reach and broadening people's sort of tastes. I think the scene has become much broader. So why wouldn't you do bigger festivals? So it's like going to see, when I was a kid, I went and saw Michael Jackson yeah. or whatever that's that was what you did until yeah, yeah, you were yeah. old enough to go to a disco yeah do you know what i mean and i think this that's what kids do now they go to they go to concerts put on by djs and that's yeah i think that is that, every that weekend gets them into a, what's that? <laughs> every weekend every weekend yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and i think that that gets them into it that that brings them into our scene at the uh, at, at, at that end and that can only be good for the scene if kids are buying into that. Oh, it's great. It's how we earn money at the end of the day. It's yeah, the only exactly. reason. And I think it's great. But I think for me personally, it's it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. I, I prefer to be in a grotty little after party somewhere, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I also I also think though it that's kind of came up. <laughs> I also think it's kind of it it slows down n- newer artists to come through being good selectors. Yeah, for sure. Um, because a lot of these big lineups or like branded lineups. And if you're not part of that brand, if you're not part of that crew, you're kind of just not getting a look in as an, as an artist. Um, but if you look at crews like fuse and stuff like that, they've built it from nothing. They've built it from a small little bar and then they can go to three, three, eight and put 4,000 people. in. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've got to, I think that's, I think, 
most of those brands are either behind, yeah, as you say. But then you know, you played for the Dirty Birds of this world. Dude, I'm and, uh, I'm I'm one of those people that play for these brands, and I, yeah, yeah, I, I and love I think, it. I love it. I, I think, think if you can't get into that and you can't release on their labels, then you have to do your own thing. Yeah, I think that's the only thing you can do these days. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And a lot of people do it. There's a lot of cool little parties out there that are growing, and you know, I think really if you look at even some of the biggest party but drumco didn't start as a fucking five thousand capacity rave do you know what i mean it's like they've been doing that for years years Years. exactly Exactly. so i think it's more about you know it is i think if you want to get to that stage then i think you've got to try and sort of put your own effort in put the effort in yourself and or try and get on those labels i think that's the only way to do it these days yeah Write good records. What's that? Just write fucking good records. Yeah. (laughs) You know, mate, quality cuts through. It's true, though, isn't it? You get, I'm sure you get it a lot, but it's like, how can I do this? How can I do that? Why, why aren't I doing this? Why aren't I doing that? And it's like, just write good records, and the music will kind of shine through. Yeah, it does. It's quality cuts through. I mean, we're in a massively busy time at the moment, like huge. There's so much music about, um, even in this climate um and it's tough but quality does cut through and i think if a record is quality enough as you know you know it's uh it cuts through totally and, man. you know you're i think you're what are you what are you this weekend today's anthem this weekend on yeah. the jam show today's anthem that was good news this morning wasn't it great news this morning <laughs> jam's been killing it to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't expecting it i was like oh nice he's been playing he's the record great. a lot yeah he loved the last one as well so it's really good it's yeah. really good. And I think, you know, you've built a relationship with him and those guys. And I think that's, that's important. Yeah, definitely, man. All thanks um, to you guys. Well, <laughs> quality cuts through, mate. And a good record. record. <laughs> 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 yeah. Right, mate. Uh, well, let's wrap this one up. Thanks for yeah. uh, jumping on. Um, for well, anyone, anyone that wants to get involved with Listen Up, how can they kind of follow, follow along? Uh, Instagram is probably the easiest way, I'm list, uh, which is Listen Up Biz. Yeah. B I Z. Um, and, you know, just Google us. Nice one. I uh, did. Yeah, we're about. Look, thanks for your time, bro. Really enjoyed Thank it. Thank you, man. Have a great one. Nice one, man. See you, later. So that is a wrap, people. Uh, big love for listening. Hope you all enjoyed that one. If you did, I'd love it if you could go and share it with your mates or your girlfriends or your boyfriends or anyone that you think will enjoy it. If you could give us a little review, that would be even better. It just means that we can keep doing these these podcasts. Anyway, hope you all have a great week. Keep safe. Look after each other. See you soon.